hello this is angie and i'm here with my sister joy welcome to twin talk so we are still in uh well actually we're back in joy's closet um kind of our new hangout for our podcast so nice and cozy in here and it is the month of october 2022 so we thought okay what better person to talk about than edgar Allan poe Ooh. Right. Ooh. today we are going to do a little this is going to be a little bit different we're not necessarily focusing on any particular work that he did we're just kind of we're just going to talk about him as a writer and who he was as a person because his life is so fascinating and then we are going to just touch briefly on a few of his his work okay so who was edgar Allan poe well he was an american writer he was a poet he was an editor and he was also a literary critic he is known for poetry and short stories, particularly tales of mystery. And Joy, help me with this word. Macabre. Macabre. M-A-C-A-B-R-E. I think it's just I think it's just pronounced macabre. Okay, so macabre, if you don't know what that means, it means disturbing or horrifying because of involvement with or depiction of death and injury. Um, he was born in uh, January of 1809 in Boston, Massachusetts, and he died in 1849 in Baltimore, Maryland. His life truly is stranger than fiction. His life was very tragic. He was abandoned by his father at the age of one. His mother died of tuberculosis before he was three. Then he was adopted by the Allen family. His first love of his life died when he was 15. They say that he was so devastated he could be found by her grave just weeping and crying. Mm -hmm. And in 1827, he was sent to the University of Virginia. Now, when you think of the University of Virginia today, you just think of a regular college. But mm -hmm. here's what's interesting. They said back in the day, back in 1827, they said it was actually a really dangerous place to be. That mm -hmm. One of the professors even got shot. There. Wow. It was kind of a rough crowd. And, you know, mm. you don't think of colleges being that way, but said back no. in, they said in that time it was kind of a rough place. Hmm. Um, okay, so Edgar's sent off to college. He has no food. He has no clothes. And one winter, they said he was so cold that he had to burn his furniture to keep warm. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so he's... I don't remember that. Yeah, so now, because he's so destitute, he has to turn to gambling. And he turns to gambling to try to make some money just to live. Well, he eventually had to leave college because he had all these debtors pursuing him, and he joins the army under an assumed name. Well, it's because people are looking for him, so he gives a false name. But then he briefly attends West Point. Well, that right there tells me not just anybody goes to West Point. You know, no, he, it takes a lot to get in there today, but I wonder if it did back then as well. I, I, yeah, because a lot of our presidents came from West Point, a lot of our generals. Yeah, you know, people, very prestigious school. Exactly, exactly. So, in 1829, his foster mom, Frances Allen, dies. At this point now, he has been orphaned by two moms, Okay, his real mom and the mom that adopted him, and he's been rejected by two fathers. Mm. So... Are we kind of getting a pattern here? I just remember, yeah, he was exposed to a lot of death at a very young age mm -hmm. uh, of people that he really loved. So that's super traumatic. Yeah, I, I thought that really did hit but me. But it never it, hit me that he was rejected by two different yeah, dads. He he was orphaned by the two women that loved him, but rejected by the two men that were in his okay, life. Okay, that's interesting. So that's interesting to me because I think that really did affect a lot of his writing. Mm -hmm. um, then he moved into his aunt's house with her eight-year-old daughter, Virginia. Well, in 1874... 
he was summoned to John Allen's deathbed. Well, he was summoned to his deathbed where he finds out that he's been left out of the will and all of John Allen's money is distributed to, to his numerous illegitimate children. Oh, ouch. Ouch. Why did he even summon him to his deathbed? That's what I... Just like a slap in the face, like, hey, I'm about to die, but you're not getting anything. I don't understand why he even wanted him there. That's how I took it. Or maybe the family summoned him. Maybe the guy, the father that was on the deathbed didn't really want him there. Yeah, I would have to go back and and research that again, but it just said he was summoned and that he found out he wasn't even in the will. Right. Okay. sorry. It is very sorry. So, So after that, he... Uh, becomes an editor at a magazine, and he gains a reputation for being arrogant, headstrong, and uh, drunk. And they said that he always had conflict with his bosses. Like, he never got along with whoever his boss was. Well, it makes you wonder if the dad, the adoptive father, was justified in not liking him. Well... I'm not saying he's justified in treating him that way, but if he was arrogant and always drinking, who likes a mean, arrogant drunk? Well, see, that's the same thing that went through my mind, Joy. I kept thinking, okay... Once again, kind of like with the Demi Moore story, mm-hmm. I thought there's two sides to every story. Right. And if no one liked him that he worked with, well, maybe he was a little maybe, smart aleck yeah. or something. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe he t- was not uh, maybe he wasn't easy the, to be around. the golden child, you know. Exactly. He ends up marrying his cousin, Virginia. And remember when he moved in with his aunt and it was, she had a little eight-year-old daughter? Yes. He ends up marrying her. And when he e- marries her. Gross. What's the age difference there? Here we go. When he marries his cousin, Virginia, she is 12. 12, the the ripe old age of 12, he's 26. Ew, that's just disgusting. He's more than double her age. But they do say that she did lie about her age on the marriage certificate and said she was 21. Well, <laughs> apparently she wasn't. That's didn't a pretty do it. big age Apparently gap. she didn't walk in with them in person. Well, I don't it seems know. like she, even if she lied, she would say she was 16 or something believable. Yeah, they said they were trying to avoid scandal. This was in 1836 when they got married. So then it says Virginia passes away of tuberculosis in 1847. So they were married, I think, about nine years ago. So now he's lost several women in his life. And his mom died of tuberculosis as well. I believe so. I think so. Well, I just want to throw a little aside in there. Uh, So when our dad went into the Army um, and he was sent overseas to Korea... Mm-hmm. He contracted tuberculosis there, and he had to have surgery and all that, and he was in a hospital for months and months. He was mm. in a lot of pain. Mm. But so I just think about how now we have TB shots, and we have vaccinations for it, and back then, we didn't. Yeah. So all these people that died of tuberculosis, I mean, we're fortunate that we didn't lose our dad to tuberculosis, yes. is my point here. So we've ha- dealt with this in our family. Wasn't it, my dear Hamilton, that all the women kept dying of tuberculosis? I think so. I mean, every There's all no these... telling how many thousands of people oh. have died from tuberculosis. Yeah, back in the day, it, if a woman died, you could almost bet it was like childbirth or tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah. and the horrible, horrible thing about tuberculosis is mm-hmm. you're you're literally drowning in your blood, aren't you? You're, you yeah, because you're because I know they always. Your, the women the cough flooding up blood. your lungs, mm-hmm. and they would cough up blood, and that's mm-hmm. the one thing I remember about how they would embroider the handkerchiefs with red uh, oh. thread. Do you mm-hmm. remember this? The, yeah. Uh, I read this somewhere, or maybe I heard would it from they the, dye the handkerchief red? Or? So, well, they would embroider handkerchiefs with, like, em, like red embroidery thread, like mm-hmm. flowers and birds and pa- different patterns. So when people sneezed or coughed and if blood actually got on there, you know, that's like, oh my gosh, you don't want to get around that person. 
that red would hide the blood a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I've, I've heard about okay, that. Okay, I Ugh. thought that was fascinating. That's why a mm. lot of the old antique handkerchiefs are embroidered in red Ooh. thread. I Ooh. know. Ugh. All right, so after Virginia passes, they said that Edgar starts having erratic behavior. Well, I guess I would have, too, if I'd oh, been through what he'd so. been through. Um, and in 1849, he has an untimely and strange death. He was found wandering the, wandering the streets of Baltimore. Um, he was delirious, he was ill, and he was in someone else's clothes. Uh, to this day, no one knows what really happened um, to him. They said he died just a few days later. No one knows why he was in someone else's clothes, why he was delirious. Okay, maybe I'm, I've watched too much um, 48 Hours or Dateline or whatever, but my first thought when I heard that he was in someone else's clothes and then he was kind of a madman at the end is that mm -hmm. he killed somebody and he took oh. their clothes. So here I am accusing him of murder, but that's mm -hmm. my first thought. Is how did he get someone else's clothes? One theory that someone said was that he, someone robbed him and drugged him. Okay. And took all his money and then, and then uh, took his clothes and exchanged clothes with them. Which, oh. I mean, who knows? But, uh, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Okay, and here's the, and I thought this is, you couldn't have picked a more tragic or fitting end to his life. This was the final tragic twist. In his life, he had an enemy named Rufus Griswold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember this. <laughs> it sounds like someone Griswold. <laughs> yeah, Rufus Griswold. I'm sorry. Isn't that the name of the people? Chevy, Chevy, Ch yeah, Chevy Chase and... Uh, yeah. Are they the Griswolds? Yes, they are. Sorry, but we're... Well, we were all just closed. closed. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So Rufus Griswold was like his his. So they they hated each other in life. Okay. okay? So like they were both. Oh wait, was it? Okay, this is vaguely. This is starting <laughs> to come back to me. Wasn't Rufus a writer? They were both critics. And they were both critics. Yeah. And then they were like a and they were constantly bashing bashing each other in works. Well, Ruf was Rufus an author too? I, I honestly I don't know, Joy. I, I wish because I had done more. I was wanting to say that Rufus uh, wrote some stuff and that Poe claimed he had stolen it from that Poe had really written it or well, vice okay, versa. Well, okay all I know is that Rufus thought Poe was a, an uneducated and un like um civilized uncivilized he okay, thought he was uncivilized yeah. and then Poe would always tell people that Rufus was not talented right, right? And okay would, this is all starting yeah, to come back to yeah, me it's been a long time he would say well you're an untalented writer he'd say well at least I'm civilized you know yeah. they had that type of so they're always going so, back and forth so this is what's crazy Rufus is the person that writes Poe's obituary. Okay? Oh my goodness. He writes, I don't remember that. Yes, he writes his obituary. Who gave him permission to write Poe's obituary? Well, he probably was the main editor of the paper. They both worked for papers and publish publishers, <laughs> you know, so he probably was the so one. So who wants their worst enemy writing their obituary? Yeah, and, and get this, he also wrote Poe's po first biography. <laughs> Poor Poe. They said that in an article and a book, Griswold invented details and created fake letters to make Poe appear in a negative light. So historians <laughs> have no idea. One thing I read said historians have to unravel the web of lies created by Griswold to get to the truth of Edgar Allan Poe. So no one really knows well, they're having how to separate facts have, from fiction. Exactly. How much do you have to dislike someone to devote hours and hours of your life to write the life story right. to portray to portray them in a negative they light? They said he literally would make up oh stuff goodness. to make him look bad. So, so, so these historians are like, okay, we have all this information, but we don't know what's true right, and what's false because right. they hated each other. Exactly. 
Now, do you have any comments about, I mean, really, there's nothing else to say. His life was tragic. He had a very tragic life. Joy and I attended the West Star Community College Dr. Elliot Ingalls talk on William Shakespeare and Edgar Allan Poe on Tuesday, November 10th, 1992 in the Gardner Building Lecture Hall. Oh my goodness, and I <laughs> forgot he spoke about Shakespeare as well, because I remember him yeah. talking about the groundlings and how they would drool and they were oh glued in an old scrapbook. That just blows my mind that you have the actual program. So I was looking through an old scrapbook one day right. and I found this and I was like, okay, I'm going to pull that out and put it with my Edgar Allan Poe right. stuff for when we do a podcast He was day. really good, very interesting. Yeah, I just remember um, he was, he just really Held, held your attention and all he had so much fascinating information all righty so now you know where you were on in november 10th of 1992 you were Very listening to stories which of uh pose works would you say you're most familiar with hmm. here's the thing i didn't know did you know that he he was a prolific writer like i, I didn't oh, know this so yeah what i was going to say was I found this on Audible, the complete works of Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. And when I downloaded it, I thought there might be eight or ten stories. Mm -hmm. There were like 50. So. I mean, I might be exaggerating a little, but there were a lot. So, I actually Googled how many known works are there. And the answer was no one knows for sure. Mm -hmm. But it is estimated he has between 70 and 80. Wow. They said he was a prolific Okay, let's just name off the ones we know. To me, these are the more well-known, the ones I know. Mm -hmm. Fall of the House of Usher, Telltale Heart, Pit and the Pendulum. The Raven. The Raven, the poem. Mm Mm-hmm. I always forget if he wrote The House of the Seven Gables or if that was Mm-mm. that, that was, was Hawthorne. Hawthorne. I always get that Daniel confused. Hawthorne. What am I forgetting? See, that's just that's the, the thing. ones that come off the top of my head. I gotta tell you something funny. So Dave, that is our IT guy that we went to school with at uh, where we in high school. Yeah. He asked me last year, "What are y'all getting ready to do?" Well, I thought. Oh, we does did. he listen to our podcast? He's listened to a couple of them. Ooh, he might have been listened Dave. to this one. So he said, "What are y'all going to do?" And I said, "Well, we're getting ready to do some Edgar Allan Poe." And he goes, "Oh, the cask of Amontillado." Or and I'm saying uh, that wrong. Yeah, Amonti. Joy, Amont- you speak Spanish. How do you pronounce that? Well, in Spanish, should be Amont. Uh, I can't read your. Amonti- I know I'm saying it wrong. Amont- Amontillado. English. I it's don't know. just so funny because. The minute I said Poe, uh-huh. he rattles that off. And I thought, okay, number one, I wouldn't even remember that name, right. much less. And it was just like it was fresh. Right. Like which Dave's a really smart guy. but And he, I was like, what are you talking about? He says, oh, that's my favorite story about okay. him. And, and he went on to explain to, to me what it was about and everything. But I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm The only ones I'm really familiar with really is The Raven. Because mm-hmm. we've had to read it several times in school and stuff. And then Cambry, when, she, when they were studying Poe, she brought home a poem called Annabelle Lee. Oh, I remember that. And it's a poem he wrote when his wife died. I think that was in our textbook in high school. I think we read Telltale Heart and Annabelle Lee. That would be my guess. What's funny is I was like, I love the poem. It's a really, it's a really cool poem. Now, so. wait a second. Is this the 12-year-old, though? When yeah. his wife died? Yeah, the one that he dedicated to her, yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, so we've talked about Poe. We've talked about his tragic life, but as far as his works go, what what's your feelings on that? Do you actually enjoy reading his works? So, I was talking to Angie about this before the podcast, and I'm sure that in his time, it was fascinating to read his works. I mean, maybe people had never read anything like that before, but the language is so old and outdated. 
I just struggle with it. You have to actually use your brain and think mm -hmm. when you're either reading it or listening to it. And I guess I'm just lazy. I don't want to have to work to understand what he's saying. You have to really concentrate and really pay attention to the words because they're so old fashioned to really mm -hmm. get what's going on. And it just takes work. And I don't want to have to work. I just want to be able to listen to it, something, enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But if I just wish it was a modern day language and who knows, maybe someone's rewritten his works in modern day language. And I think I would enjoy it a lot more, mm -hmm. but yeah, his stories are fascinating. He reminds me of Stephen King. You're like, where in the world did he come up with some of these ideas mm -hmm. and some of these stories? They're gruesome, but they're fascinating. Yeah. Just to kind of reiterate what you just said, even though I've, Joy and I were going to just briefly discuss The Pit and the Pendulum and The Fall of the House of Usher. Well, even though I've read both of those, we went on Spark Notes tonight and read a summary. And, mm -hmm. it, and it goes back to what Joy's saying. Just to make sure we understood yeah, what happened. And once I read the summary on Spark Notes, I was like, oh, okay. It, it just it just made me realize I didn't understand what was going on right. most of the time. I understood I'm probably 85, 90% of it. But right. it, yeah, that's, I guess that's my point. If you got to read Spark Notes to understand what's <laughs> yeah. happening, right. then maybe he's out of our league. Maybe he's maybe we're not intelligent enough to read poems. Yeah, I really feel like <laughs> I think he was probably a genius. Oh, um, I'm sure. And you know, now I understand why you have to study this in school because they're deep. There's a lot yeah. in there to dissect. Who do you think would enjoy? reading Poe. I mean, who, what kind well, of person would that anyone be? anyone who likes mystery, murder, gruesome stuff, stuff that's kind of dark. I was thinking people who just have the, a bizarre f fascination with death, death and with suffering. Death and anything that's morbid. Death, suffering, the supernatural. Mm, I will say I this, know. that, and our, our listeners may already know this, but there is a, it's a, one of the highest awards a book can receive. It's called the uh, Edgar Awards, Oh, and it's in, aimed in, in honor of Edgar Allan Poe. Many times when I've read a book that was like a mystery or, or like The Widow's House was one of them, I think, hmm. many, many times I'm like, ooh, that was a great book. I'll look it up, and it's won the Edgar Award. Oh, So okay. if you want to read some good books, if you're into mystery and, like you said, the macabre and kind mm -hmm. of the dark, darker goth-type books sometimes, they have a list on the internet. You can just type in Edgar Award winners, and it'll show every year they've done it and mm -hmm. who all won in every category. Oh, and some cool. of the better books I've read have been Edgar winners. All right. Well, one thing I do want to do in this podcast is I do want to read the opening stanza of The Raven. I just feel like you can One of the most famous poems ever written, I would yeah, say. I feel like you cannot talk about Edgar Allan Poe and not talk about The Raven. He wrote The Raven. I want to say he did it just for for some kids or something. It was something real innocent. Like he just mm -hmm. did it for entertainment. To yeah, read it to seems some like kids. he wrote it for a group of kids or, or a nephew or something like that. And then, they, and then someone decided to publish it in yes. the newspaper. And next thing you know, it just yeah. it got very popular. Yeah. And this is the opening stanza. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor," I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this and nothing more. So recognizable. Yeah, I was like, who hasn't heard that? It really is genius. For those of you who don't know, it's it's about a raven that comes tapping at his door, and before the poem is over, he's like almost going crazy in mm -hmm. his mind, trying to figure out what who's the rapping and who is it and 
it, it doesn't he think it's his deceased wife coming to visit um, him or you know it's been so long since i've read it i can't remember i want to say he thinks it's like his dead wife coming back okay and then this is just a real short snippet from the poem annabelle lee and i did read that this was a poem that he did write for his deceased wife this is from annabelle lee for the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful annabelle lee and the stars never rise, but I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful, beautiful Annabelle Lee. And so all the night tide, I lie down by, my, by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride. In her sepulcher there by the sea, in her tomb by the sounding sea. Just her name alone reminds me so much of the South, mm. Dixie. How much more Southern can you get? Annabelle Lee. I think oh. of General Lee and Annabelle. I think of plantation houses. Yeah. All right, Joe, are you ready for some trivia? Yes, I'm oh, ready. I've got seven questions for All you. All right. Do you know what Edgar's mother's profession was? Oh, something kind of lower class. Was she a maid? She was actually a British actress. Oh, I was thinking it was something real lower class for back then. She was actually an actress. Okay. Uh, number two, what profession did Poe struggle making a living at? Was that being an editor of a paper? It was being a writer. Oh, <laughs> hello, Captain Obvious. Well, right. <laughs> and I yeah. wanted to mention that because, so like nowadays, if you want to be a writer, there's a thousand ways you can publish something. Okay, back then mm -hmm. it was, they said it just wasn't that easy to be right. published. So what's funny is here we have one of our most well-known, famous writers, and he could not get published. Right. Is that not crazy? What was the title of Poe's first writing success? Oh. Are you talking about The Raven? Yeah. Because that was the first thing that... Yeah, that was his first big success was the Yeah, Raven. that was the first thing that he actually yeah. got a lot of recognition for. Do you have any idea how much he earned from the Raven? Oh, I have no idea. $14. $14? $14. That's all? Yeah, and there's no telling today. Even like, just, I know they're inflation and stuff, but that's still oh, even by today's. No, there's there even then, I don't think that was much that's for. That's crazy. What was the Raven written about? Yeah, that's where he hears the bird. But do you know, okay, so actually I might have been right about this because she okay. wrote it was about his wife, Virginia. Okay. So I think it was him thinking that his late so wife maybe was he's coming. So maybe he just misses her so much, he just fantasizes about her coming back in any way, shape, or form, shape of a raven. I think he was literally grieving so much for her and almost going crazy over her loss and that that was his... That was his representation of the raven coming to him, mm -hmm. you know. And why did he choose a raven? I don't know, but it's such a great poem. Hey, I do highly recommend that our listeners listen. If you've never read The Raven, you need yeah, to read it. Yeah, definitely. Isn't Evermore written on his tombstone? Ooh, I don't know. That's I'm not good... sure one of the phrases. I actually had a picture of his okay, tomb I'm not sure here. one of the phrases from the poem um, is either on a memorial to him or on his uh, tombstone or something. I have a picture of his tomb here, but it's, you can't really tell what it says. But it says, uh, despite his prolific work in life, Poe was originally buried in an unmarked grave. Aww. But many years later, his gravesite was moved and decorated with a statue. So, okay. Yes, there is a statue and it's got a picture of a raven on it well okay you already should know this one what was the poem called that poe wrote about virginia so that's annabelle lee right but my last question is what were poe's last words mm. was it where are my clothes <laughs> <laughs> lord help my poor soul or i shall see thee never more 
I think it's Lord help my poor soul. It is. That's right. It's like Lord help my somewhere. poor yeah. soul. So it is not sad. It's it kind of depressing sad. podcast, isn't it? There is. His life was depressing. Yeah. But he wrote some pretty cool stuff. He did. He did. And like I said, so Joy and I, we both listened to The Pit and the Pendulum and The Fall of the House of Usher. Do you have anything you want to say about either of those works? Um, no, I mean they both. Like I said earlier, they both they both kept my attention, mm-hmm. and they're both fascinating stories. It's just the language is a barrier. Very okay, morbid. So our other sister just drove up. She's at the door, needing to talk to me. So I'm gonna let okay. Angie finish well, out the actually, podcast. Well, I'm done. So oh, okay. uh, let's go talk to Jeannie, <laughs> and thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next time on Twin, Twin Talk. Talk.